0: I love that aspect about it too. Cause like you're working eight hours a day and then you're putting that, that energy and storing it in something. And the US dollar, it's almost like you only worked five hours. So you're like losing three hours of time. And I don't think a lot of people like connect that with money and themselves.
1: Let's absolutely go. My name is Patrick and welcome to the Bitcoin Pitch Podcast, where I'll chat with anyone in Bitcoin. I don't care if you're a pleb, anon, or OG. You'll be giving us your Bitcoin elevator pitch and answer some quick hitting Bitcoin questions that will be beneficial to newcomers. The goal of the show is to keep it short and sweet for all those people you are trying to orange pill. Today's guest is Kit Stanwood. Kit is the digital marketing manager for the Bitcoin Conference and lifestyle blogger who creates travel guides. If you are interested at all in the Bitcoin Conference, check out the links in the show notes. Here's my conversation with Kit Stanwood. All right. Thanks, Kit. I appreciate you coming on today uh, to chat Bitcoin. Um, excited to get into it.
0: Thanks for having me on, Patrick. I'm super stoked to talk today.
1: Awesome. All right. So to kind of get into it, what uh, if you could give a little bit of background about yourself and then also your story of how you got into Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, definitely. So my name is Kit Stanwood. Um, I'm Kit underscore on on Twitter. And I currently am the digital marketing manager for the Bitcoin conference, um, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later in this discussion. Um, but I'm also a lifestyle blogger, um, and I like to weightlift. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it <laughs> for background. Um, I well, I started at um, the Bitcoin conference pretty recently, maybe like um, um, two months ago. And then prior to that, I was on the Bitcoin Magazine side doing social media. I was mostly doing their Instagram and building that up. Um, but now on, and that, that was a contract also. I was working two jobs and we'll, we'll also discuss that a little bit later too, the transition on that. Um, but now I'm full-time on the conference side doing all the running like social media ads, posting content, Um, doing like meetups, trying to sell tickets, things like that.
1: Yeah. Did you, um, did you happen to like get into Bitcoin when you started working uh, in Bitcoin or did you learn about it beforehand? Like how did that kind of Yeah.
0: So that that started in 2014. I went to a party in my hometown um, with one of my friends and he was buying drugs off the Silk Road. And I was like, telling him how like you know that's probably illegal and unsafe but he was telling me about this internet currency that he was using and I was like oh, okay that makes a lot of sense and I, t- I tried to figure out how to buy it but it was really difficult back then um, to figure out I went on a lot of forums and things and it just seemed really complicated so I just kind of stuck with trading stocks back then um, and then a few years later I heard about it again um, on the spiritual coaches YouTube channel, Aaron Dottie. Uh, and he was talking about talking about it just randomly one day on his Instagram stories for like 15 seconds. And like, I've been watching him for years and I'd never heard him talk about that before, but someone had just asked him like about investing stuff. Um, and then would, that was the crash of last year or 2020. And I, I started buying it off of Robinhood <laughs> accidentally, which is awful because <laughs> you can't take your keys off of it, and a lot of people don't know that. That people, you know, people don't know a lot about Bitcoin and what it is. So it was a lot of people thinking it's just like a stock or some kind of, you know, ETF or like what is this thing that I can buy on Robinhood? Um, and then I started to get on Twitter and I found Bitcoin Twitter, and they saved me. <laughs> <laughs> I started, you know, I got it off of Robinhood and I started, I started, I still buy, Um, I still still started to buy it off like Coinbase and stuff like that, which the KYC isn't the best, Um, but now I dollar cost average on Swan Bitcoin and I'm working on stacking like non-KYC just mm. to have like different pots of Bitcoin.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's super interesting. And I feel like it's always funny when you hear people's backstories of like, yeah, I heard about it way back then. And uh, that's what it seems like is the normal. It's a kind of takes like the three touches rule before you really do something or look into it. Um, So hopefully anyone new listening, like don't, don't let it take three times uh, because you don't want to look three years from now and be like, Oh, I heard about it. My friend, my friend made a podcast about it and I didn't really look into it. So um, yeah, that's an interesting story.
0: People don't realize that it's like a a currency that you can actually use Hmm. Like today. You can buy stuff.
1: (laughs) Right. right, Yeah. And it's like completely different from, you know, our current financial system and everything. It's it's a set of, I always like saying it's a set of rules, no rulers, and it it can't be changed, which is, uh, you know, if you don't know anything about the history of money, I feel like it's very powerful um, when you do learn about that. so.
0: I feel like maybe like in middle school growing up, you kind of learn about bartering and trading and how they did that back in the day. But um, really learning all about like the history and then transitioning like into Bitcoin, kind of like the Bitcoin standard does, is it's really key to wrap your head around it. Yeah, and realize that you can replace the U.S. dollar because that was one thing I never thought of doing before, because there's so many different currencies out there right now. All different countries have their own Like you know, Japan is the yen and all that stuff. So I never thought about something replacing it.
1: Yeah, and I I feel like that's a big pushback. They're like, oh, the government will never like allow it. And it's like they can't stop this thing. It's it's like once you once yeah, once you learn all the different aspects about it, it's for the most part unstoppable. Maybe they can ban it, but people who have adopted it, they're gonna leave and go where where it's where, accepted, yeah. especially with the, like the work style. Now everyone can kind of work from home for the most part. Um, so, all right. So to kind of talk about the Bitcoin conference, um, what is the Bitcoin conference? And if you had to kind of describe like the vibe, uh, of the conference, um, or the vibe of people at the conference, how would you describe it? Um, I, I haven't been to a conference yet. So, um, but I've heard of what the vibe is like. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say.
0: Yeah, definitely. So the uh, the Bitcoin conference is a Bitcoin only conference that's held this year at the Miami Beach Conference Center on April 6th through 9th. And it's going to be a four day event. Um, the first day is going to be focused on companies networking. We call it industry day. Um, and so it's just like a big ecosystem for Bitcoiners to get Um, networking going. And then also on that same day, we have something called Pitch Day where startup companies can come and get capital for their projects and companies. Um, So we're accepting applications for that. So if anyone has any startup companies that they need some funding for, definitely go check that out and apply for that. Um, Then the next two days, we've got full days of speakers. We have about 300 speakers coming to the Bitcoin conference So that's really exciting. And then the last day is um, Sound Money Fest and it's the first Bitcoin music festival ever. And we just um, announced some headliners like Logic.
1: Yeah, that's that's super cool. Um, I know I watched this past year's Bitcoin conference and it was it was on Saturday and I think it was a nice day, and my wife was like, "What are we doing? Like, wh- why are you, why are we inside watching this?" I'm like, "I have to watch this. Like, yeah. I've like, I fell down the rabbit hole in like October 2020, and like everyone was talking about the conference and everything, so I was like, oh, I have to watch this, and I just like watched it all day. And I don't know if it, my wife enjoyed that. That that's what the day was, but I I enjoyed it. So, um, yeah.
0: it gives you a lot of hope hearing about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All the, yeah, all the uh, different conversations that people have and um, the Jack Mahler's uh, information drop that his speech that he gave, that was awesome. Um, yeah. And I can't and wait I, for
0: your big news to drop at this conference.
1: Oh yeah. This,
0: I'm so, sure, I'm sure we'll have, we'll have some stuff by then yeah. for sure. And I'm I'm sure we'll probably hit hundred K by then too. So yeah. it's just going to be like freaking out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know like uh, multiple people, like, that are bigger in the space like thought 100k was happening for that for that conference last year um which didn't end up happening which is fine i mean i i stacked all the way down like stacked all the way through so i was fine with it um yeah. and in conversations i have with like other friends as well is like you know i hope i'm able to just like i hope the price stays down like they want it to stay down for like the next few years so they can get as much as they can because they know where it's going so it's always That's funny so true. Yeah, it's always funny. You have like this battle of like, I want the number to go up, but I also don't want it to.
0: <laughs> it is a struggle. I never feel ready enough. You know, right. you can never have enough Bitcoin, as they say. It's like so true. Yeah. Um, so some other things to mention about the conference, too. We've got some like satellite events that are going to be really fun. Um. We're going to have it's called Bitcoin Art Experiences, and we've got a Bitcoin bazaar. So people can come and it's kind of like a marketplace for Bitcoin stuff. Mm -hmm. um so people can also submit applications for that too and then we've got a bitcoin art gallery like we had last year that's going to be really really cool and then new for uh, 2022 is a live auction and we're also um accepting like fine art and limited edition like luxury goods for that too
1: yeah that's that's interesting and and is it taking up like where is it located i know you you say it was the miami civic center is that what it is
0: yeah. Miami beach Conve- um, conference center for gotcha. Con- convention or conference center. Yeah.
1: And is it, is it just like that one facility? Is it a huge facility or is it like spread out like over like blocks or something? I don't know if that's how it was last year, but.
0: It's um it's a big building that can hold a hundred thousand people. And it's got a few different levels. I think it has three different levels, but we're going to mostly use the first two um, and then have some special stuff at the top. Mm-hmm. And then we have, the an outside field which is where we're planning on having the sound money fest and like food trucks and like fun activities out there
1: awesome yeah that sounds super interesting i i definitely want to go um and i know like when they released the tickets for it it, i don't know if it was like two hundred dollars or something i was like yeah i'm gonna buy it right away because i know they increased the prices and of course i i didn't buy it right away so i don't know if i'm gonna go or not um i'd like to uh, but I have, I have two younger kids, so it's it's tough to um, say to the wife, like, hey, I'm going to be gone for four days. So um, right. I might I might be watching it again on TV, which I'm fine with. But um, so I guess another question that I would have is, uh, you know, what's it like working in the Bitcoin space, you know, compared to maybe other career paths?
0: Yeah. So um, my background, like Um, From college was um, business management with technology innovation entrepreneurship and then I stayed an extra year for computer information systems, which really helped me have having both of those majors I was able to um, move up to northern Virginia and start off as like a business analyst and then I was a project manager. Um, and then I ended up being a scrum master as well. And some of the techie people will know what that means. But just basically as a scrum master, I was kind of like the team cheerleader. And I made sure that like in our two-week sprints that the developers were um, pushing enough um, code out um, and were making our deliverables with the client and things like that. And I was helping with blockers. Um, but it was really stressful. <laughs> That's the main difference. Um, it wasn't like... I was doing some government contracting stuff. Um, The last contract that I was on was United States Citizenship and Immigration Services. Um, And that was fun. I felt like I had a purpose at that job, like helping people like um, refugees and things like that. I was helping build systems to process their paperwork faster. So that was cool. Um, But a lot of the jobs, I didn't feel like I had like a purpose behind it. And that's like really important to me. Um, And so I feel like I have that with Bitcoin that's a, that's a huge difference. I feel like, yeah, I was helping the small group, but Bitcoin is like helping the world. <laughs> and, um, so that was definitely one, uh, I used to like get the Sunday scaries before work. <laughs> so I don't get those anymore. That's really nice. I like to wake up and I love all my coworkers. That's, that's kind of different. <laughs> um, it's just like at, at the at BTC Inc, everyone is respectful of everyone's like opinions. Um, it's not censored. I always felt like I was kind of censored at another job, um, and so that's that's nice when you can just kind of speak freely. Uh, and it's it's cool because everyone kind of got hired from Twitter, so you kind of already were friends on Twitter and kind of knew their what they tweeted and how they kind of thought or whatnot. And I thought that that was pretty interesting to come into a company like that. Um, I was, I was doing the blogging stuff and Twitter as well. And CK reached out to me because he saw that I was good at social media and they hired me off of there. Um, I never even sent like my resume in. it's a little bit different now because we've grown twice the size that we are, but that was really cool um, that I just kind of started interviewing with a bunch of them and, and then got in that way.
1: Yeah, that's a, that is interesting. And, um, you mentioned the stressful piece, you know, I I kind of work in like a corporate America right now and it's definitely really stressful. And like you said, um, I do find myself not being able to speak up because I've just heard of other people mention stuff and it's almost like it's looked down upon. If you question anything that whoever's higher up in management says, um, and like, Y- your way of like questioning or thinking might be right uh because maybe you're more in the weeds on whatever you're working on but you almost don't want to say anything because it then you're like looked down upon as like I don't know someone pushing back on something and yeah, yeah it's it's definitely frustrating
0: I I just felt like I couldn't really talk to a lot of them about like things that I was doing outside of work too. Cause I didn't want them to judge me on side projects and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I definitely pushed back on management a lot. I was kind of high up as like an IT project manager. So I like <laughs> one of the times I took this guy off of our meeting, he kept running my daily standup over like an hour. And I was like, you're not doing that and he's on the government side and like it's kind of funny I was like dude stop running my meeting an hour over that's funny. I'm not handling that
1: that's funny yeah um, yeah so that's super interesting I mean um, I know I, I've looked into like just other like kind of roles and stuff to see what's out there so um, that is cool um,
0: it's, it's, it's freeing you know because you don't have to worry about what you post on social media too like I would have to go through trainings to basically Mm -hmm. say like, you're not going to post crazy stuff on the internet or like, you know, because you're, you have an image to hold for the corporate company.
1: Right. Like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: And not that I post anything wild, but I just feel like it's nice to have that freedom.
1: Yeah. And I mean, uh, that's what Bitcoin is. It's that freedom money. So. uh, (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh,
1: To kind of get to our, our next question here. I mean, what, what would, What would you say you look forward to most about bitcoin and its future impact on the world
0: my favorite thing about it is that it banks people that don't have banks um they can you know from their phone they can have a bank in their own pocket and i think that's really important i also really like the aspect that um you're holding your own money and no one can mess with that they can't take it away i think that that's really important because You know, in the past, the government has taken people's gold. They made them exchange it for dollars um, and other things like that. So I think that not having it being able to be confiscated is really important. And even I heard stories in the pandemic where like someone had their their bank and assets um, seized because they weren't following like mask mandates or something like that.
1: Really? That's yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I kind of think about it as I was talking to a coworker today actually about it and. Um, I was saying like, it's the one asset you can take control of in your head, like just memorizing a seed phrase and no one can take it away from you where like you have, and we're probably privileged in the U S where we don't, we have fairly good banking structure. We've never had to go to a bank and they say like, sorry, you can't take out your money, but like other countries that that's happening. And, um, I think it, I think it's just really important to just have something like that on the side, even if you don't have a, a large portion. Um, I could only imagine what the turmoil would be if someone went to a bank in the U S and they're like, sorry, you can't take out your money. They'd be like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, right. and we, and we sign that contract too. when uh, you sign up for a bank, you know, all the disclosures and everything uh, it's, it's basically their money once you give it to them. So.
0: Yeah. But I mean, in 2020, it's been difficult for me because I my bank is in Virginia. I grew up there and I moved out to Colorado two years ago. And since my bank isn't here, I would have to drive all the way to Virginia to get checks. So I can't really send money to my parents right now unless I do a money order, Hmm. which it's easy, I guess, to do. But like at first it was kind of confusing. Like, where do I go to get that? And yeah, um, it's it just takes a little bit more time. It's not instant. Right. Whereas Bitcoin is instant yeah and it's fast and free over the lightning network or not free but a few pennies or stats or whatever
1: yeah and yeah i i try to bring that up to friends and they're like well i have venmo or i have cash app and i'm like yeah okay that's that's fair you know but if you want to send money to someone around the world like good luck using those services um Mm -hmm. and like you said it, it banks all the people that are unbanked like all these other countries that don't have banking infrastructure or anything, it's going to tremendously help out those people. I just like, yeah. And it gives them a sound money too. It's not even like it's just like the dollar or something. Like it's this money that can't be changed.
0: Right. It's not a deflationary. It's inflationary too, which is just amazing. I love that aspect about it too. Because like you're working eight hours a day and then you're putting that, that energy and storing it in something. And the US dollar, it's almost like, you only worked five hours. So you're like losing three hours of time. And I don't think a lot of people like connect that with money and themselves.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, when you kind of discover that, um, yeah, what you're earning and if you're, if you're just putting in a savings account, like you're, you're kind of getting screwed basically. So right, th- there's no way to keep up with all the rising costs and prices. Um, all right. So this is kind of a fun question that I've asked all my guests. And I know we kind of talked about it already because it almost takes like the three touches to get into Bitcoin. So if you could go back in time, say, I think it was in 2014 that you first heard about it uh, and convince yourself about Bitcoin the first time you heard about it, knowing what you know now, what would you say to yourself and why? However, you can't just say the price is going to go to the moon.
0: Yeah. So I thought about this a little bit and um, I would tell myself just the simple sentence that Bitcoin will replace the US dollar and become the world reserve currency. And I know that that would totally get me in 2014. I'd be like, okay, let's go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, I've, I've like struggled with an answer for myself. I don't know what I would say because it's, it's tough when you, you take out the price aspect, because that's, you know, that's what usually gets people in. So um, yeah, I don't know what I would say. maybe uh, I'd like to think like maybe I'd have some sort of um, like thought of like, like if I were to say like, take a look into the monetary system now, like it's not like, it's almost (laughs) like a lie. Yeah. Like maybe that would get me interested. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a full on conspiracy theorist kind of thing, but like it always interests me to look down those avenues kind of thing. So I don't know. I don't know what would get me hooked. So um so to get get to the next one, uh, you know, if you had to recommend a book, article, podcast uh, to someone new who's like just learned about Bitcoin, what would you recommend them
0: to to learn about? I would recommend them. Sorry, I had to get it off. <laughs> um, this book, Thank God for Bitcoin, The Creation, Corruption, and Redemption of Money. Um, my coworker, George McHale, co-authored it. So it's been really great. I think it's... Um, it goes over a lot of the stuff that was in the Bitcoin Standard, but it's more summarized, even even better. There's, it's kind of, uh, let's see, it's got 134 pages in it, so it's kind of a quick read too. Um, the Bitcoin Standard, I feel, is pretty good on audiobook, and the, everyone says that one, you know, um, and it is a great one. This one is, it's kind of like, um, so far, it's like a summary of that. It kind of reviews like the reviews money, the history of money, how. You know, other civilizations have fallen when they've debased their currency, and if you know they keep taxing people, but people can't afford taxes, so then the government's screwed at that point. You know, um, so it's been a really good read. So definitely want to give a shout out to thank God for Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, I've heard I've heard of that one, but I haven't uh, looked into it. I've I've probably bought maybe like between five and 10 books, but I've only gotten around to like three or four having two young kids. It's, it's hard to get the time to, to read books. You know, once they go to bed, it's like, I just want to sit there and do nothing. So I'm actually, I feel kind of lucky that I even stumbled into Bitcoin, uh, with the more limited time that I have. But, um, so to get to the end of the show, um, you know, if you had five or 10 minutes to give your Bitcoin elevator pitch, what would you say to someone?
0: So I kind of did this last night. I went to a meetup and I went hiking with some people in Colorado and um, I kind of go over a few different things. I, you know, I started off with uh, Bitcoin as a new currency that can eventually replace the US dollar and it's already being accepted in countries like El Salvador. And it's just kind of going to be a, a domino effect that other companies or countries are going to adopt Bitcoin. And that's kind of like the difference between that and altcoins. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff and I go into like decentralization of Bitcoin and how the other ones are centralized and they can be manipulated and inflated and things like that. Um, And then I kind of go into like wallets and how people can hold their own money and how it's different from banks holding it. And like we discussed earlier, how banks can seize your money if the government makes them. Um, And then... I kind of go into a little bit of the techie aspects of the cold card wallet where like you can take an SD card and pop that into the cold card wallet um, to, you know, transfer yeah. Bitcoin back and forth between your hot wallet on your, your laptop and sign the transactions on the hot wallet back and forth or well, using your cold card to sign it, but then broadcasting it on like your hot wallet. And then um, from there, I just I go and tell them that I really think that a lot of countries are going to start adopting it. Um, it's the hardest money that we've seen ever. Um, and everything's just kind of moving to the, to the internet. So I'm really excited, excited for it, you know?
1: Yeah. It's uh it's a, uh, I always feel like it's a tough pitch to talk about. Um, I play basketball on Monday nights and there's a few friends that are into Bitcoin. Like I am um, a couple that are into some other coins and I always kind of say like yeah you could make money on other coins um but i feel like that's not the true uh like discovery here it's really it really is bitcoin and it's it it's tough to give a a quick pitch because it's so in-depth um Mm -hmm. many different avenues to talk about
0: yeah i also like to talk about how like it helps uh third world countries and people who don't have like banks right now um And then if that doesn't get them, of course, you can always just start talking about where you think the price is going to end up and like why you think that it's going to do that.
1: Um, yeah, I, just, I, yeah. I, I felt like um, the, the episode I released with Greg Foss, obviously, he's a, a, a big speaker in the space, so he's going to get a lot of listens. He's, he's had the most listens on my uh, episode so far, and obviously, everyone loves to hear a price prediction. So when you hear something that's in the millions of dollars, it kind of gets you more interested.
0: Yeah, I think I heard his prediction or saw it online, like two million, but I don't yeah. know his time frame.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't I don't think he gives a time frame, which is smart. <laughs> like it's yeah. kind of it's it's just kind of an impossible answer to give. So
0: Right. Yeah, you just don't know how quickly things are gonna happen. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. Like, yeah.
1: yeah, and I I um uh, I was talking to my brother today and um he he uh I got into Bitcoin first and then I obviously told my friend's family about it and he made like one of his larger buys um, in towards May, but it was basically right at the top before it crashed. Oh, no. And like he re- he recently wanted to make another larger buy like, like starting last week, but it wasn't going to clear until uh, I think today. And he was like, I want to buy again, but like I have a feeling we're just at the top again. And like, I always try to say, like, you won't think it's the top in like four years. You're going to just be like, I I wish I just bought as much as possible. So,
0: yeah, I, I, re- I already feel like I'm not selling enough of my stuff <laughs> to like buy Bitcoin. and.
1: Yeah, are you yeah, sitting in I a have... chair or no? I know that everyone in Bitcoin have... says they sell their chairs. So.
0: Right. Well, I have when I moved into a place, I always make sure that they have a kitchen island because I just have two bar stools and then basically my living room is kind of like weightlifting and I like dance and like do other stuff in there, but I don't own a couch, which I think is pretty, pretty interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just have basic stuff that I need. I've actually thought about um, if Bitcoin does get to a certain price and like I'm remote now working at a really great company and I could just kind of go around and travel a little bit in like a Jeep, or like a van or something, just for a year, just to get it out right. of my system, or right. maybe a month. I don't know. I don't know right. if I could do a, a year, but it sounds fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that it's it's funny that like, because me and my wife want to travel too, and like I've mentioned to her before, I'm like I I don't I think like I probably won't have to work in like maybe like five to ten years. Five being very bullish, but I was like, because we want to travel, and then like at the same time like it's like. It, I just feel like Bitcoin makes you think about different things that you never thought about before. Like, I feel like I want to have like a decent sized plot of land and I just want to have be able to grow my own food and have like a little farm or something <laughs> like and I've never thought about that before. But now that's like something that's sounds interesting to me. Um,
0: right. Yeah, because you learn about history and I don't know what countries are doing. And I saw it at somewhere on Twitter that people couldn't go get groceries because they weren't vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. So- you, you want to grow your own food at that point.
1: Right. And then I don't know if you've like, um, listened to like Untapped Growth and Regenerative Farming. And then Texas Slim has kind of blown up a little bit too about yeah. just like,
0: I'm going to be on his podcast this weekend.
1: Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. He's I, got good content.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Um, so yeah, it just makes you think about a bunch of different things that you never thought about before. So
0: it really does. Yeah. I, I've, thinking about all that stuff and having kids now too like that was something growing up I was like well and that this kind of ties into the corporate slavery that you see and I'm like man I don't know if I would want to bring someone into this world and then they have to do this like you know it's that like go to college and then get a corporate job and then maybe retire hopefully healthy so that you can do stuff because you know some parents aren't healthy they're like just retired and there in their houses hanging out and i i don't think that that sounds fun i want to use my money now i want to <laughs> do fun stuff now
1: <laughs> right yeah i always i always thought before like how am i going to i'm just going to work till i'm 70 and i have two kids like that sounds terrible like and then ever since bitcoin you know it's been a completely different outlook like i'm just going to i'll work hard now but at the same time stack sats along the way and i you know i'm pretty bullish on the the outcome of that so we'll we'll see but Um, it's like Michael Saylor says it's hope. So
0: it is, it is, it just feels like your, your time is being spent wisely now because you can store it in something that is working correctly. Like it should go up in value. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Why, why do we lose? Like, why does anyone want to lose purchasing power? Like,
0: you know,
1: why is, why is inflation a good thing? It's like been normalized. Um, and like deflation is bad. Like why, why wouldn't you want to buy more? by paying less like (laughs) that's that's what you want and that's what technology brings to us so
0: yeah and then everyone can afford stuff and it'll Mm -hmm. be better
1: yeah definitely um all right well i I really appreciate you taking the time to come on today i know it's kind of a quick little short podcast but um i feel like that's more helpful for people who aren't in the space they don't want to listen to something long even though i do like the longer ones um uh, so to kind of close out, where can people find you, follow you, learn more about you? Um, also, the Bitcoin Bitcoin conference as well.
0: Definitely. So people can find me on Twitter at Kit underscore Sats. Um, they can also check out my lifestyle blog. I have some travel guides on there that are recent. I did a, a road trip to five different states recently. So that's KitStanwood.com. And then for the conference, the website is b.tc slash conference. Um, so you can go check out all of our tickets on there as well. And then if, um, if everyone uses the code um, Satoshi, they can get a discount off as well, too.
1: Awesome. So I'll share all that information in the show notes so people can easily find all that stuff. Um, and again, really appreciate you taking time today.
0: I appreciate you having me on. This is really fun. Yeah,
1: Thank you. thanks. Thanks so much, Kit, for coming on the show. You will find in the show notes links to all that was mentioned, including where you can find and follow Kit Stanwood. Shout out to Last Call Monday for the intro and exit music, and Drawn to Heal for the show's artwork. You can check both of them out from the links in the show notes. If you got this far, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And if you feel you have a Bitcoin pitch to tell, I want you on the show. Feel free to reach out to me via Twitter at baby underscore pat with two y's and two t's or email me at bitcoin pitch podcast at gmail.com see you next time